run after uh, you know short term profits you know run after long term vision you know run after you know building the company from a perspective of solving the real problem for the world hello guys and welcome to the yet another episode of the entrepreneur talks today we have with us the founder of grave digital mr himanshu arya Hello sir. Hello. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Talk. Thank Talks. you so much. Thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. Thank you very much. So sir, uh, tell us about your business journey mm-hmm. and how did the idea of Grave Digital uh, come to your mind? So uh, I started Grave in 2009. So when I started it, uh, you know, we were more into IT and IT related services and websites, mobile apps, you know. search engine optimization etc the demand from the client side itself you know help us grow on the digital arena so by 2013 we rebranded ourselves from grave software to grave digital and uh, since then there has been no looking back uh, you know the overall business has grown across not only from tech but to the digital side of business we do a lot of pvc we do a lot of digital things today you know we are a full fledged media buying and planning uh, agency as well We have our in-house uh, influencer marketing vertical. We have our in-house production team, you know, and then we also venture into public relations. So that way, it has been a beautiful journey. Uh, you know, we are offering three sixty degree, uh, you know, communication solutions to our clients, and it's going pretty well for us. Yeah. Right? Uh, are you a bootstrap company or a fundraiser? So we are a hundred percent bootstrap company. So right. while I started, I had some savings of my. You know, less than two years of job. Uh, you know, I at the same time I took some personal loan. Being a banker, I think I knew how to get a better personal loan as well. So I took close to fifteen lakh rupees of personal loan before I started. Like you know, so that funded uh, funding did last almost a year. You know, then I took some support from my parents also around twenty twenty five lakhs. But mm-hmm. that is the only capital you know that we deployed in business, and since then we've been like you know kind of flowing back our profits back into the business. And that's the scale. That Right. So, like, uh, if any entrepreneur right now who is who is bootstrapping his business and he wants to expand and grow his business, so like, what are those three important points uh, in uh, when you are a, when you are bootstrapping your business? What are what are the three things that you have to care take care of? Okay, so uh, very interesting. Uh, you know, thing that one learns only once one starts a business is the concept of working capital and cash flow. Huh. You know, and uh, this is this is uh, so so difficult to understand. You know, on books that what does a working capital means uh-huh. and what does cash flow actually mean. So if your so, cash flow is zero, so sorry, practically so, yeah. Uh, to cut you off, but uh, our audience is very very young. So can you just explain what is working capital and cash flow? Absolutely. So so let's take a very simple example. Uh-huh. Like, you know, you you got a project which was say maybe to build a website for someone. Uh-huh. Worth, uh, say, for the sake of example, worth one lakh rupees. What you estimated on that was that you know it will take salaries of two people, you know, who are let's say twenty five thousand rupees each, and they'll spend a month, and you'll be able to deliver this website, right? So very simply, it looks like that twenty five thousand into two fifty thousand is the cost that you are inputting. One lakh is what you'll earn. But in totality, you know, you'll have a fifty thousand rupees, you know, gross profit. Uh, so, so fifty thousand is your profit. Less your overhead expenses, which may be rental, this, that, blah, blah, blah stuff. So you'll still end up saving maybe forty thousand rupees in the overall business. Uh-huh. Now, if and if you are running five such projects in parallel, you know, and you are 
10 employees working you know so it definitely looks like that you will end up earning 2 lakh rupees profit now this is on papers looks very realistic very positive but typically what happens is not every client is going to give you 1 lakh rupees of profit right so most of the clients will say okay you deliver the project take some token advance say 20 25000 rupees and the balance i'll give you once you deliver right, right? now in this period of one month while you were to pay salaries of 10 people at 25000 each mm-hmm. you need 2 lakh 50000 rupees in your bank account so so that's the money that you need plus an overhead of 50000 rupees so that's another expense that you'll have so 3 lakhs is what you need in your bank account in order to fund the salaries and the overheads right whereas from these five projects what you got as an advance was maybe a lakh of rupees right? right so people owe you 4 lakh rupees so that's your credit receivable huh. but what you needed to run your business today was 3 lakh rupees cash which you don't have so 3 huh. lakhs is practically the you know working hmm. capital required and 1 lakh is your cash flow Okay. Now, in order to deliver it, you need to have three lakhs. So you will need to borrow two lakhs from somewhere to sustain it sustain this month. Ah. So, so, so that's where the problem comes. So on paper, you are profitable, but to run the business, you don't have the money. And then, you know, certain clients will say, "I'll pay you thirty days post delivery." Ah. You know, or I'll pay you only seventy thousand now, and thirty thousand I'll pay you after four months once. You know everything is settled, blah 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 stuff. So there is a circle of cash flow that one needs to get into, and that's very very difficult for people to understand it on papers. Mm-hmm. Only mean. once you run it practically is what you realize that you know what you need to pay is today, uh-huh. and what you'll get is tomorrow, and, and that's what makes a huge difference. This is the thing bootstrapping entrepreneurs needs to understand. Absolutely. See, see, without understanding this. What you are doing is on papers you are profitable, but practically you will never be able to run. Ah, uh, uh, you you are in this business for last fourteen years. So, like, what are the loopholes that you have witnessed in the digital marketing industry? So, uh, I I think the clients still don't understand it very well. You know, uh, so the so on the client side you will find two sets of uh, you know audiences. Okay. One is uh, you know who are digital managers who want to still understand the. overall you know platforms very well but uh, they may not understand the overall marketing so as to say very well and then there are brand managers who understand marketing very well but they don't understand the platforms very well so this is one gap that we see and even at the agency side all the new age kids that you know we hire they understand the platforms but they really don't understand the marketing right and the people from the you know uh, a decade old experience they understand marketing but they don't understand the platform very well so i think there is a huge gap in the industry you know and everyone is learning on the go everyone is on their phones learning you know facebook instagram share chat etc at any point of time and i think another 5 years everyone will be digitally mature marketers is what i believe would happen right right so so as a uh, an entrepreneur goes through very highs and lows in his life in his or her life so like uh, how failure has set you up for later success and what was the favorite failures of you so uh, my i'll not call it a failure uh, you know i think that's very negative for an entrepreneur to maybe treat it that way 
had we not treated it this way but that way you know probably would have been a little better mm. but these are long term decisions and you only realize once they come into execution so for us uh, you know uh, we got maruti suzuki nexa as an account we were the agency that launched maruti suzuki nexa uh-huh. in 2015 so by 2018 it was i think one of the largest clients for us and uh, being so large in uh, nature i think we had all our eggs packed in one basket so a diversification of clients across industries is something that we were not very successfully doing in our business and once we you know disassociated with maruti suzuki Right. you know is where we realize our revenue stand nowhere right right so that was one learning and you know when i learned the 80 20 rule you know that 20% of our clients are giving 80% of the business and that is something which may be the rule but uh, it does not works very well for your business right so diversifying across maybe 50 clients who are giving you 2% business each is a much better strategy because even if you lose two it is easy to replace with the next two Right. So, so that's what we have changed from 2018 to 2021. So, so that has been one learning. And secondly, uh, you know, I I feel every entrepreneur needs to understand that you know, taking risk has to be an ongoing activity. So, so one needs to understand what is the next thing that you need to invest in. You know, rather than taking profits back home, one should only concentrate on the next trends. Maybe consciously invest on those. particular activities that will continue the growth engine right. you know going right right so 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 that's another interesting uh, you know point that i believe in that one has to continuously evolve this right right so sir as an entrepreneur if you have to do just two things to run your business what would uh, those two things be okay so uh, very uh, you know uh, interesting question <laughs> and uh, on this front uh, you know there are two things that really matter in my business is number one people and number two people you know so so what i realize is that you know one is not into the advertising business one is actually into the people's business <laughs> and if you want the right set of people to run your business uh, you will eventually grow because then you are multiplying hands rather than taking on all the pressure on your own self so getting the right set of people in business is extremely important and right now our industry is seeing a big demand supply mismatch so there is a lot of demand for good quality people when it, who understand digital as a medium or who understand marketing in totality but at the same time there is a very very you know limited supply you know which is happening so getting the right set of talent you know grooming them to the next level and ensuring that yes they are you know continuing to grow within the organization and delivering good results in a work from home scenario which is another thing you know which has happened is something which is uh, you know very very difficult so you talked about people mm-hmm. uh, so you started with just two employees Correct. right now you you have yeah you have you have had to fit to fitting of mm-hmm. team yeah so like uh, what what is the uh, you know core what are the core principles of you know team building and how one can do with like two to 10 employees and then started building the team of 200 or 500 So what so, are the core principles? So, so number one, I think processes. You know, because uh, you can uh, create processes. You know, you need to evolve your processes. You know, and the process that you created while you were a ten people team versus when you became fifty, uh, you know, can't be the same because the demand has changed. You know, the overall. Can you explain this? Yeah. 
fantastically when it was a team of 4 to 5 people you know you were overseeing them that they were following the process mm-hmm. and it worked for you back then now you become a team of 50 people and there are five such teams or 10 such teams running in parallel mm-hmm. but if you still leave it as a process that okay this is a process that your manager will follow and he becomes a deliverable uh, you know the process has to involve that you know who is checking that managers work on a weekly basis or does when it comes to a larger campaign beyond a certain point is there someone else who will also get involved with it becomes very very important because people will do mistakes you know and if your process is not strong enough to catch those mistakes you know those mistakes will continue to happen and you'll have stagnated growth right so it becomes very very important that you know you leave your emotions aside just think of it as a process that this is what my team did they had no bad intentions but then why did the mistake happen you know so instead of being people dependent be a little more process dependent okay you know and invest in that process if that means right. that you have to hire two extra people just to ensure that the process is being followed is something that we have learned over a period of time okay and then once you become a 200 people team again you need more people to evaluate the process in order to ensure that the process is being followed you might have to hire just five people to ensure that the process is being followed and it is not being slipped mm-hmm. is something that one needs to evolve on right so true so true so like by uh, talking with you i you know i get i get this that you are you are a good communicator mm-hmm. and if you are an entrepreneur for sure is one of the key aspects when it comes to you know your overall leadership and uh, you know your vision also keeps on evolving right you know what you thought was the way forward yesterday might not be the same way because you have learned something from the market you saw some competition doing something very differently and that's where you realize that okay you need you need to rejig your overall strategy for growth so communicating it very effectively with your team becomes very very core to the business and that's where uh, you know i i feel uh, that one needs to have regular team meetings you know one needs to have meetings beyond work with the team in order to have that bonding of being a team uh-huh. you know what does it means to be a team is not just that you work together it means that you will stand with every person in your team in thick and thin mm-hmm. understand the kind of a family that they come from try to understand their culture side of things and then adapt to that in terms of giving effective results you know or effective solutions to them when it comes to their problems is something that i feel is very very important right right uh, so so uh, delegation uh, 
you know is very important by your entrepreneurs so like how an entrepreneur uh, delegate uh, his work or like let's suppose ki delegation effective way mein kis tarike se hona chahiye okay so uh, again delegation can only happen if you believe that your team is better than you yes right uh, अदरवाइज तो आप छोड़ नहीं पाओगे आप छोड़ नहीं पाओगे तो डेलीगेट होगा नहीं टीम भी फ्रस्ट्रेट होगी कि छोड़ते तो है नहीं डेलीगेट डेलीगेट की बात करते रहते हैं I think much uh, is a lot more mature now. <laughs> you know, uh, when I take decisions, uh, you know, earlier I was like, "What about for my decisions?" Then I switched to something slightly different. I was, you know, used to be a very, very important role in decisions, and we were actually we were taking all wrong decisions. But uh, patience is something that I've learned. Or you know, and it comes the hard way that you realize. Patient, you know, I was being impatient. I was being angry, and I screwed up. Mm-hmm. And I clearly screwed up. Is but you realize, uh, you know, you could have done it much better had you been, like, you know, calm for the next five minutes, taking a softer decision in terms of saying, "कोई बात नहीं ऐसे नहीं होता ऐसे कर लेंगे," rather than just trying to prove your point in that game, you know, moment itself is something that has drastically changed. Other things. Um, other than that, uh, you know, I think the risk appetite hasn't gone down at all. So, so that is, I can say, much is still the same. If given the right opportunity, when you go all in, I think I'll go all in right now. Okay. So, so, so that hasn't changed. Whereas your your wife or your family at least tells you, you know, you need to have some contingency corpus that you need to keep aside. But I think being an entrepreneur, taking that risk. You know, and having that, uh, you know, I, I'd say the the zeal of doing something very big in life mm-hmm. hasn't gone down at all. So, so one one entrepreneur you admire the most and why? Let's see, uh, from a role model perspective, um, two guys, you know, uh, that I can talk about, and I think it's going to be a very standard answer. But I look at them in a very very different way. Huh. You know, one is going to be say a Mukesh Ambani, and second is going to be Ratan Tata. Right. right. Both come from different world of ideologies. Huh. You know, Tata has come from the point of view that yes, you know, whatever we are, and then if it gets brought back into the business, then a lot of people get employment, and everyone is happy. Don't have unnecessary pressures. Hmm. You know, in business, you know, keep your staff happy, and you know, that's the ideology with which Tata's are. Always done business. I I think it's fantastic because they are giving it back to the society in every possible way. Right? You know, so so that's one way of looking at it. The other school of thought and money, uh, you know, if you look at that, you know, very shrewd businessman. You know, taking the right decisions. If it hurts the business, you know, uh, and if that means thousand people will get laid off, they take that decision within one second without even thinking twice because it hurts the business. Uh, short term, if you look at it, uh, you know it is very bad, you know, because we are not being sensitive. Uh, Long term, I think it works fantastically well because a decision taken now mm-hmm. might generate ten thousand employment later. Right. Right. So one has to actually judge both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. 
you know being an entrepreneur you can't be really soft at heart is what i believe and that's what uh, you know i strongly feel you know mishmitesh avani has done right the the ethics part of it is maybe to be learned from tatas you know the group part of it maybe has to be learned from you know mishmitesh Yes. So, your go-to movie and uh, a book. Okay. So, uh, on the book front, I recently read this book, which I really love, Psychology of Money. Yeah, uh, it really tells you, you know, why you chasing money and how much money do you actually need in life? Is uh, you know, and how to actually be wise with your money. You know, being money does not. You know, having a lot of money does not really means that you need to spend a lot. Yes. You know, you still need to be a wise man to you know manage your money well. Mm-hmm. So that's very interesting book that I recently read. So, so the last question of this podcast: uh, What is the one advice you want to give to a budding entrepreneur, and what is the one advice they should ignore? <laughs> so, uh, budding entrepreneurs uh, should really and really. Uh, You know, uh, look at entrepreneurship as a journey. Uh, you know, right now startup is a very really high profile. You know, doing a startup is not important, but doing it right is important. You know, yes. right. And one advice they should ignore. You know, don't 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 run after uh, you know short term profits. You know, run after long term vision. Mm-hmm. You know, run after you know building the company from a perspective of solving the real problem for the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you are actually solving the real problem, profits will follow. So thank you, thank you so much, sir. It was great talking with you, and I I totally believe that uh, from this podcast, our young audience will get some of the great insights to start their own business, and they will learn something. Thank you so much. For Thank you so much. It was pleasure interacting. I don't know when the time flew back. You know, it was so so lovely interacting. Thank you. So much.